Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam, and we are talking about the Holy Spirit and His gifts. And yesterday we had started on talking about uh, speaking in tongues, the different kinds of uh, utterances in tongues. And today we are going into uh, the the gift, the actual gift of speaking in diverse kinds of tongues. And uh, we started on that yesterday, but we'll be talking more about. Uh, the gift as it is exercised in the church. And uh, I had said yesterday that, uh, that you know, when, you, when, when you're talking about speaking in other tongues, there are actually three main kinds of tongues. One is the tongues, which is the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and that is for everybody. The second kind of tongues is the tongues we speak for personal edification, for worship and in our devotion to the Lord and intercession and prayer. And that is for everybody. Everybody should speak in tongues. But then there's a third kind of tongues, which is the diverse kind of tongues that is mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 as a gift of the Spirit. That is not for everybody because in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 30, it actually implies that not everybody has that particular gift of speaking in tongues. So it's important to uh, differentiate between these two because otherwise if people don't understand this it causes a lot of misunderstandings because in 1 Corinthians 12 30 it implies that everybody doesn't speak in tongues yet Paul says I wish you all spoke in tongues so you know of, there is no contradiction but it's talking about two different things but before um, I go any further I want to tell you another testimony this is from a crusade in Zimbabwe and there was this lady who was brought to the crusade and she was possessed by demons and uh, it was a very unusual kind of demonic manifestation because she was kept locked up inside the house uh, and the house was kept in total darkness she could not stand any kind of light and she couldn't go outside the house because the moment she went outside the house there were lights even if it was uh, artificial lights you know light bulbs at, at night uh, and she would go completely crazy. As long as she was in the darkness, she was okay. She was under control. So I was doing a crusade in that town and the family called this pastor uh, who was a friend of ours. And this pastor went to that family and they brought the woman out. The moment they brought her out of the house, she went completely berserk. She went nuts and she was screaming and shouting and fighting and just, it was crazy. So anyway, they took her home they took her back inside the house and then they tied her with ropes. I mean, they actually tied her with ropes and they put a, a thing in her mouth and over her mouth so she couldn't, so that she couldn't scream. And they brought her outside the house and she was fighting, trying to break loose, but they held her and they brought her to the crusade. And that night Jesus touched her. I mean, the power of God touched this woman and in an instant she was completely whole, set free, delivered and everybody in that area who had known this woman was demon possessed like that for, for years. They were amazed and a lot of people came to the Lord when they saw the power of God. Praise God. Anyway, another one of my stories, testimonies and now uh, we, are, we, are, we are talking about, uh, you know, um, speaking in other tongues and now I'm talking and let's go into tongues in ministry because uh, the reason I'm doing this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, the whole chapter is about tongues and people normally use that to say that, well, uh, people shouldn't speak in tongues in church unless there's an interpretation. That is totally wrong. Nowhere does the Bible say that. Uh, 
what it does say is, is the following because it's talking about about ministry we must understand the greater context the larger context of this passage isn't just speaking in tongues but it is speaking in tongues in church in the context of ministry because when you are in church um, and you and you have a tongue and utterance in tongue that tongue is for the purpose of bringing a message for the edification of the body so that's what he's talking about what he's saying he's not saying that you shouldn't speak in tongues in church what he's saying is that in the church when you have a message of edification for the body in tongues that must be interpreted because if it is not interpreted it will not benefit anybody that's what he's talking about so please note this that he is not saying that in tongues there should be no that sorry that in a church service there should be no tongues without interpretation that's not what he's saying what paul is saying here that in church uh, when there is a message in tongues it must be interpreted that's what he's saying so, so and it even says that uh, let, let's let's look at this uh, in, in let's start from verse well, verses one to five. He said, "Follow after charity or love, and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy." Because you see, prophecy benefits the church. Prophecy is a message for the body, and a prophecy can come straight as a prophecy, or it can come through a message in tongues that is interpreted. So a prophecy can come as a straight-out prophecy, or it can come as a message in tongue which is interpreted. So it says, verse 2, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him, howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he that prophesies speaketh unto men to edification, to exhortation and comfort. So what he's saying is that uh, in a church setting, if a person speaks in tongues, he's talking to God. Uh, and that's it. And nobody understands him. But if he speaks in an unknown tongue uh, to for someone's edification if he i'm sorry if he prophesies but that prophecy will be for everybody's edification and not just between him and god then it says verse 4 for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself but he that prophesieth edifieth the church i would that ye all spoke with tongues. So he said, Paul says, I want all of you to speak with tongues, but rather that you prophesied. For greater is he that prophesies than he that speaks in tongue, except to interpret that the church may receive edifying. So what he's saying is that, uh, that I would rather have you all, he's not saying don't speak in tongues. He said, listen, I would rather have you all speak in tongues, but it is better that you prophesy. Because if you prophesy, you build up the whole body. It's not just for you. So he who speaks with tongues, let him pray that he may interpret also. Because that interpretation will bring forth a prophecy that can build up the whole church. So this is the, in a, this is he's really talking about uh, the context of a public service in a church to build up the body and to build up the body, of course, Prophecy is more important than tongues. So it says in verses 18 to 19, I'm skipping over a lot of verses here and going to the main ones. He says, I thank God I speak with tongues more than you all. That means Paul was a prolific tongue talker. He spoke in tongues a lot. He said, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than ye all. 
Yet in the church, I had rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice, I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Again, he's talking about teaching people. He said that in the church, I would rather speak with my understanding, that is prophesy with my understanding, rather than speak in tongues so that you know, I would rather speak five words in an understandable language rather than 10,000 words in tongues because those five words which are understood by people will benefit people more than 10,000 words that they don't understand. Now, I must add one thing here though because if you read the whole chapter, what he's saying is that, uh, is that in ministry, in the local church, uh, tongues is incomplete without interpretation and tongues should be interpreted. But there is one exception where speaking in tongues doesn't need to be interpreted. And that is, let me give you an example. Say, for example, there's a guy in the church. He, uh, you know, he has come from Bulgaria or someplace, right? And, uh, and, and he's there. He could be an unbeliever or he could even be a believer. He's sitting there and he speaks Bulgarian. And I suddenly get up and give a message in Bulgarian. Now, nobody in the congregation understands it. For them, it is an unknown tongue like any other unknown utterance in tongue. But that person from Bulgaria, for him, that is a word from God. He understands that and God is speaking to him. And that's why where it says that tongues is a sign for the unbeliever, because I have seen that like that uh, couple from uh, from former Yugoslavia who were in my meeting in Erkeljunga in Sweden, this that, you know, that couple from Yugoslavia, they were they were Jehovah's Witnesses. And, uh, and you know, they, they were not saved. They heard me preach and they responded to the altar call. They came for prayer. And the next day they asked me, they said, Pastor, where did you learn to speak such beautiful Serbo-Croatian? I said, I don't speak Serbo-Croatian. And then the wife said, but Pastor, you came up to me. You prayed for me in English. You prayed for me in Swedish. And then you prayed for me in beautiful Serbo-Croatian. And not only did you pray for me in Serbo-Croatian, but you prayed for me by name and you mentioned the things that I had come for, for prayer. And then you did the same thing to my husband. Now, if it was a regular, I know certain churches, they would have said that was wrong because there was no interpretation. They would have said, you spoke in tongues, but there was no interpretation. You shouldn't have done that. That's wrong because in church, tongues should always be interpreted. But that was not the case in the in this case, it was not it was not so. It was a message in Serbo-Croatian. It sounded like regular tongues to everybody, but to that couple, it was their language. So that is uh, so what I'm saying is that in church, the rule of the thumb is that if someone has a message for the body, it must be interpreted. Otherwise, it will not benefit anybody unless that message in tongue should is in a foreign language that is touching somebody else who is there who happens to know the language why i'm saying this you should be careful not to judge don't sit in judgment if you're sitting in tongue and someone gets up and speaks in tongue and tongues and, and there's no interpretation sit down don't judge that don't criticize that because you can be guilty of quenching the holy spirit you don't know who the Lord is speaking to in what language. So don't touch things like that. It is easy to judge, but do not judge. And it's, it's very, it's very, very important. So in 
chapter 14, what Paul is not forbidding people to speak in tongues. All he's saying is that if you have a message in tongues, it should be interpreted. That's all he's saying. But anyway, uh, let's look at uh, in, in chapter 14, verses 39 to 40. He said, wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. Now, decently in order, a lot of times people have quenched the Holy Spirit in the name of decency in order because they're afraid. You know, I go to churches and sometimes they're afraid some uh, lady will get up and say something crazy. And, and I know things like that happen. But the answer to that is not quenching the Holy Spirit. You, we have to follow what the Bible says. And, and, and so the Bible says, it says, brothers, covet to prophesy. Seek the prophetic gift, prophesy, but... If someone speaks in tongues, don't stop them. Don't, don't, it's, it says in verse 40, don't forbid speaking in tongues. And because sometimes you have a meeting and the Holy Ghost moves and it has happened to me. Sometimes someone gets excited and, and filled with joy and he can lift up his hands and go, shanda, praising God. Don't stop that. I mean, that's not an utterance in prophecy. Uh, that is just a person expressing his worship and praise towards God for what God has done in his life. Don't quench that. Don't judge that. But let those things pass. What he's talking about decency, order and order is craziness. When people go crazy and people go crazy because churches, many churches have allowed craziness because they don't understand the different kinds of utterances in tongues and they don't understand the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So some people get up and so you'll sometimes have people running around shouting, jumping, doing, uh, you know, sometimes they'll say all kinds of crazy things and people will say, oh, that's the Spirit of God. It is not the Spirit of God. These things are not the Spirit of God. When, when God moves, then it is always powerful, but there is always an order in the Spirit, if you understand what I mean. It always points to Jesus. And it always glorifies God. So we have to remember that. So anyway, to, to go back to it, chapter 14 in 1 Corinthians, it does not say that in the church, nobody should speak in tongues unless it is interpreted. It does not say. What it does say is that because in a church context, it is more important that the people get edified than the person himself feels blessed, you know, which is has its place. But... What he's saying is that if you have a message in tongues, if God, and that is the gift of the diverse kinds of tongues, because I, everybody should be able to pray in other tongues, but everybody doesn't have the gift of carrying a message or a prophecy in tongues. Everybody doesn't have that. Everybody cannot stand up and do that. That gift is very unique. That gift is special. And that kind of tongue is different from the regular kind of tongue we speak in, in which we praise God and give glory to Jesus or we worship Jesus or the tongues that comes as a result of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So that is a special ministry. It's a, it's a gift of the Holy Spirit, just like word of knowledge, word of wisdom and the working of miracles. That's a special gift that God uses some people to bring a message in tongues. And that's what he's talking about. If you get a message in tongue, it should in tongues, it should not be uninterpreted, but it has to be interpreted. So you pray that you interpret it yourself or somebody else interprets it. But 
The only exception being sometimes someone can get a message in another language, which is a known language to somebody in the congregation, maybe not to everybody, but to that person sitting there, God is speaking to him through that language. And I've experienced that several times. So that's why I'm very loath to quench the Holy Spirit, to stop unless someone does something unscriptural and totally crazy. Yes, I will set a stop to it. And but unless it is that you just have to approach these things with holy reverence and uh, you know, so because it says covet to prophesy, but don't forbid people to speak in tongues. Never stop people from speaking in tongues in church on Sunday morning. If someone gets up and begins to worship God and begins to sing in the spirit, don't quench that. If someone begins to worship God in, in other tongues, don't. Don't stop that because you don't know what the Lord is doing in that person's heart. Don't pour cold water in it, on it and destroy it. Okay. Now, we must take all scripture in context, all scripture into consideration when we interpret these things. When we look at a scripture and say, well, this is what the Bible says. First, we have two things to do. We can't just pick out a scripture and say, well, this is what the Bible says. This is what we can't do this. No, you've got to take all, we've got to take all scriptures in context. What is he talking about? What's the context? Okay, well, the context is in a public meeting in a church where he's talking about the edification of the body. Okay, so it's that context. Secondly, all scripture into consideration. That means what are the other scriptures outside of this chapter that talk about speaking in tongues. So you've got to put everything together. And the biblical rule is to let scripture interpret scripture. Scripture should never contradict scripture. So uh, there's five things I'd like to point out. Firstly, in the context of a public meeting, prophecy is more important than tongues by itself, tongues without interpretation. That is because tongues without interpretation is for the individual, uh, but Tongues with interpretation, it's for the body. Other than, of course, that special tongue someone might give in a foreign language for somebody who understands that language, who could be sitting <coughs> in the congregation. Secondly, there is no expliciting, explicit forbidding of tongues. There is nowhere in the in the New Testament does, or in 1 Corinthians 14, does it forbid people from speaking in tongues? This, listen, you know what it is? Let, let, let me be very bold here. Let me be brutal. And I'm going to say it all. Some people are like, there are people who call themselves Pentecostals, yet they don't allow or like too much Pentecostal uh, manifestations in their meetings because they're very intellectual and they like to keep things that way, but they pay lip service to be Pentecostal. It is such theologians who have made up that thing when they say, well, you know, the scripture says you shouldn't speak in tongues unless there's interpretation because that is a way of quenching the spirit because they know if they do that, people get unsure of themselves. So very few people, hardly if anybody. In fact, let me tell you, in churches where they say nobody should speak in tongues unless there's an interpretation, I can tell you. 99% of the time, nobody speaks in tongues and nobody interprets because of the quenching of the spirit. People are afraid to speak in tongues because what if I speak in tongues and nobody interprets it and then they'll come down on me and they'll say we don't allow this. So it is a way of quenching the spirit without actually saying we are quenching the spirit. That is what it is. So 
uh, in the scripture, there is no explicit forbidding of people speaking in tongues. Thirdly, uh, as I said, I repeat myself, there could be somebody in the meeting who speaks another language and a message in tongues could be God speaking to him in his native language. It could be a sign for an unbeliever. As I've said, I've seen it myself. I have spoken in foreign languages and I've had other friends who have spoken in foreign languages at a meeting, but it was not for the crowd. It was some individual in the crowd or two or three people in the crowd who spoke that language. And thank God for that. Thank God that the Lord does that. So don't quench the spirit. Then, uh, yeah. Uh, churches that forbid tongues on Sundays, their problem is that they have zero or little Pentecostal manifestations in their services. So on the pretext of keeping things in order, quenching the Holy Spirit is normal practice for them. They're usually scared that tongues would scare away visitors. There's a real fear. Uh, there's a real, you know, I asked one pastor, I said, why don't you allow tongues in church? He said, well, I don't want some old lady get up saying something crazy. We have seen that before. And I said, well, brother, you're right. But how do you deal with that? You know how to deal with that? And that's my point five. That's by giving your congregational uh, congregation biblically sound teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit and coaching them. As ministers of the gospel, we should be teaching our congregations what the gifts of the Spirit are, how they can be sensitive to the Spirit, how they can flow in the Holy Spirit, how they can hear from God, and how they can operate in the gifts. And when anyone makes a mistake, just coach them on the way. Because unless we do that, they will never learn. If we just put a blanket uh, no on everything, we will not see any Pentecostal manifestation. Doesn't matter how much we say we believe in them, but as men of God, as ministers of, of ministers of the gospel, we have to give our people biblically sound teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit and coach people into how to get into the gifts of the Spirit and and how they can flow in them because these things are very, very, very important for the local church. Believe me, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are very, are an important element and indispensable element in the life of the local church. And we have to teach these things. We have to, um, we have to open to them. Now, then the next gift I'm going to talk about to close here is the interpretation of tongues. Now, all I'm going to say is that it is the interpretation of tongues and it's not translation. Translation is if someone uh, uh, gives an utterance in an unknown language and I can translate it, you know, that's translation. But interpretation, if someone gives an utterance in tongue in a language I don't understand, but the Holy Spirit tells me what that person is saying in the spirit and I can uh, you know, say that in English, that is interpretation. So just like there's a gift of uh, speaking in diverse kinds of tongues, diverse means different kinds of tongues, different languages. That's what it means. You speak in different kinds of languages in tongues. There is a gift of interpretation in tongues. Some people are gifted by God to interpret tongues that other people uh, speak in. Praise God. Anyway, so let us stop right here and let us, uh, we will carry on more tomorrow and let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters. Lord, you said if there's be 
uh, that uh, you shall bless our food and our water, turn every sickness away from us. Father, I pray for your blessing of healing and long life and salvation and health upon every home that is in which my voice is being heard right now. Bless them, Father. Touch their, touch their household, touch their children, their families. Prosper them, keep them safe and blessed and use us all for your glory in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Well, folks, I'll be seeing you again tomorrow. Uh, keep us in prayer and we pray for you. And also remember, if you have any special prayer requests, anything that you want us to pray for, please do let us know. Send me a message. And I honestly, I want to tell you that every prayer request that comes to us, we get prayer requests from all over the world. We always pray for them. So we will pray for you. So, but just write down the details. Uh, don't give me unspoken requests. I don't believe in that. Just give me that this is the person, his name, and this, you don't have to give me the last name, the first name, and what is wrong. And it is all kept confidential after we pray for them. We throw the prayer requests away. So please uh, do that. And again, you can go to our YouTube channel where we have all these videos loaded up. And God bless you.